Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Luke Holloway, editor of The Journal. In this episode, I'll be speaking to Russell Higginbotham. In this episode of the podcast, we're talking to the new CII president about his presidential theme for 2023 and looking forward to the year ahead. We're joined by Russell Higginbotham, president of the Chartered Insurance Institute and CEO of Swiss Re Solutions. To find out more about this podcast and for useful links, go to thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Here's my conversation with Russell. Hello, Russell, and thank you very much for joining us on CII Radio today. Yeah, thanks. It's a pleasure pleasure to be here. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a great pleasure to have you with us. So thanks for joining us. I'd like to start by talking about your chosen theme for your CII presidency during 2023, which is resilience. Um, can you tell us a bit more about what resilience means in insurance and why you think it's so important to the profession? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, resilience is a is a is a it's a broad topic. I I, I guess I would say, um, which has has benefits and uh, and and other other directions. But I, th- I think the reason I, I chose it is, you know, as as we come out of COVID, we're in difficult economic times, not just in the UK, uh, but in other parts of the world where the CII is active as well. You know, so, so resilience is is an important topic for the insurance world, and it, it's critical at many levels. And I think. At the, at the very top level, you know what we would say is that the, the role of insurance is is to contribute towards promoting societal resilience. I, how how society, how communities react when something negative happens, and you know, I, I guess I, also to to highlight this isn't really just about insurance because insurance plays a role in societal resilience, but it's it's part of an overall system, if you like. So you think about you know a, a community, a village, a town, however you want to say, and you take a, a, a sort of a relevant example in the UK like like flood, you know, it, the the whole point about re- resilience and insurance is if if you're if you're exposed to a certain risk, you have to have awareness of that risk, you have to have an understanding of how that risk may may come to bear, you have to prepare for that risk, you have to you have to mitigate against it. So things like building codes dredging rivers regularly, ensuring the drainage is appropriate, all in good working order, and, you know, and, and also preparing for, for failures in mitigation because floods will, will still happen no matter what you do. So if a flood comes, what do you do? You, you have a supply of sandbags, you have uh, pumps, you have life raft to, to rescue people. And you know, th- th- these are all things that reduce damage. And that is when insurance comes in. So we, you know, to, to make insurance affordable, you actually have to have these understanding of of the risk and have it having mitigation in place. And then actually, insurance is your is your catch all. It's when things don't work, insurance is there is there to help out. And and I think I think that's how we need to think about it. So there's there's a role for the insurance sector, but there's a role for governments, there's a role for individuals, there's a role for local governments as as well. So you know. Clearly, I, I could go on about this for for the whole uh, the whole podcast, but maybe I just stop there. I, I guess what I would also say is, you know, resilience is about learning as as well. So when something happens, as it as it naturally does, and things like that normally happen in ways we don't expect them to happen, actually, you think, why did that happen? What can we learn from that for the next time? So you revisit your assumptions, you plan, and you update them. So that, that's kind of the theme of, of resilience. And you, you can take that through to, to personal resilience, to resilience of the CII, all sorts of things. But maybe, maybe I've said enough. 
<laughs> no, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it clearly is a, a a really broad topic and works on many levels. Um, so uh, as you kind of touched on at the end there, it's important for the CII to play a role in helping insurers and businesses and insurance professionals and also the public become more resilient. How important is that role that the CII play in terms of education and professional standards that, that feeds into that? Yeah, well, it's it's it's, it's critical um, because you know at the end of the day, insurance and its role in 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 that sort of whole resilience system. Insurance is, I mean, what is it? It's a it's a promise, right? It's intangible. Um, so how do you how do you actually make people believe in it? And one of the ways is to have great professionals working in the in the industry that people trust. So you know that promise has to be backed up with trust and the predictability that when something happens, that the as as well as the other systems that I talked about, that the insurance system is there to. to to help to be that safety net. Absolutely. And, and and Russell, can you tell us about your involvement with the with the Chartered Insurance Institute in recent years and uh, and why the, the role it plays as, uh, in terms of professional standards as an organization, why that's so important? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, <laughs> it's not recent years. I guess I, I joined the CII in 1991. So that was, you know, uh, more than 30 years ago. But, you know, it's 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 worth making the point because, um, the, you know, the insurance industry is, is, you know, people make their careers in the insurance sector. Um, so I, you know, as a, as, a, as a young graduate went through my exams, the, the ACII and the FCII. And, you know, I've, I've always been proud to have those exams and to have those initials after my name on my on my business card or on my, you know, my letterhead or, or, or whatever. Um, and actually, you know, some of the things that you learn in those, how would you call them, more foundational modules of insurance learning, they, they stay with me today because the basics don't don't change. And, you know, like I said, the people, people businesses, our customers, they, they rely upon us. The world actually doesn't work without insurance. You, you can't drive, or you can, but you'll be doing it illegally. Businesses can't run. All these things where, where insurance is, is is super important. So I think for, for, from us, from the CII and from the insurance sector, what we need to do is we have to deliver great value solutions and relevant solutions to our clients. And to do this, you need great people. And that's, it's not just great salespeople. Of course, that's important, but it's, it's great people throughout the whole value chain from product design, sales, risk selection, portfolio management, and all the way through to, to claims, right? And that, that's why the, the professionalism and the training and the continuous learning in insurance is, is important. People, great people don't just appear or the raw material appears, but then we need to learn and we need to train and recognize that it's a, it's a, it's a lifelong topic of, of continuous improvement. I think I was, you know, I'm lucky in the job that I that I do. Every, every day I'm learning something new. And I think when I get to the point where if I, if I ever thought there's nothing more for me to learn, I, I, I'm probably delusional. So that pr- probably means it's time to time to quit. But I think that's the great thing about our industry is it's it's always changing and there are always new things that are there for us all to learn. Excellent. Well, that, that's great to hear, obviously, your involvement with the CII um, over many years throughout kind of many stages of your career. We understand as well, you obviously were president of the Insurance Institute of London. Um, I think, was that back in 2010? Uh, it was, it was, it was in that decade. It was a bit, it was a bit <laughs> yeah. after that, yeah. So. Great. And uh, so, I mean, obviously, with the local institute, uh, I've played a big role in, in your career and in your kind of networking, your, your professional life. Um, how important are our local institutes and, and how valuable is the role our volunteers play, which obviously you've seen firsthand? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. So as you say, I was heavily involved in the in the London Institute, but also, um, you know, my organisation. We have an office down in Folkestone, so I would would be involved for at least for the uh, the the annual dinner down down there on the near, near the near the south coast. So you know, the, the the London Institutes and some of the other local institutes around the the part, different parts of the UK, they all have their their own their own characteristics. But I think the common thing is that they're, whether they're in the UK or some of the international institutes. They're absolutely critical because they actually connect up the CII um, from the from the corporate body through to the local institutes, through to the membership. And I think you know if you speak to most most members, um, actually the most member what most members relate to is is their connection to the local institute, and they see this as a their relationship point with the with the CII. So I think you know in this sense the the, the many many people who volunteer to, to they spend their time running encouraging developing the local institutes that's that's a completely invaluable role for the cii so i think you know for those of you that are listening to this and i hope there are many um it's it's, a, it's an opportunity for me uh, for myself but also for, uh, you know on behalf of the board to say a massive thank you for what you what you do because the cii would not be the institution that it is without the local institutes no, that's excellent to hear. They they certainly play a, a, a vital role around the country. Our many volunteers and boards and, and committees. So um, that's good to hear. Um, I mean, moving into the insurance market more widely, Russell, what do you think some of the challenges you feel the insurance profession is facing uh, at the moment and in, into the next few years? Yeah, well, where, where do you start? Uh, so, so I, I guess you can look. You can look at it from two perspectives. You can look at it from the the, the, the challenges, like the you know, which you know, it sort of starts to be like a glass half empty perspective, or you you can look at it from uh, you know a perspective of opportunities, which is a bit more of a glass half full. So I think you know, if you if you take that the challenges side. I mean, wow, it's really where do you start? You know, cost of living crisis, pressure, pressures of return to work because you know we we move out of that or we well and truly out of that that COVID era. But the the transition back to the new forms of working is 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 really with us. So that that hybrid form of working, people employers expecting people to come back to the office uh, more consistently. That 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 brings pressure. Um, the, the sort of working patterns and how we live. If, you, if you're if you're listening to this and you're in the UK, the impact of industrial action. When we talk about inflation and rises of interest rates and then the recessionary impacts, I think you know one of the things we have to think about in the insurance sector is the risk of lapsation in that because when people are under financial pressure, um, they they look at okay where can I make savings right and whether it's whether it's the cost of fuel, the cost of living, whether it's uh, other other impacts on people. I think that one of our challenges in the insurance sector is to make sure that people appreciate the value of the insurances they have. And, you know, when you have a, a list of things you, you might be able to do without to make sure that the, uh, the insurance insurance products that people have bought are not on that list, that there are other things they look to before they before they cut the things that protect them so well. I, I, I think, you know, if you, if you switch it to the sort of the more of the opportunity, so let's, let's finish this section on a, on a positive the glass half full you know we we as an industry and in the, in the uk and in international markets we've got great products we've got great solutions um but the simple fact is they're not bought by enough people in businesses so you know when you talk about the uh, protection gap um and, and back to resilience i think there's, there's a huge opportunity for us in the insurance sector to make sure that our customers whether they be 
individuals, whether they be families, whether they be businesses, they buy the right products, the right levels of protection, and we we put good cover in 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 their hands, and that that's that's our job. And the the fact that the protection cap gets bigger rather than smaller um, is is a failing of the insurance industry, and I think that's something we should all have in our minds and and have as our personal mission to uh, to address that. Absolutely. And I'm sure you've, from your experience, you, you know, no two years are the same in insurance. And, you know, at the moment, there are many challenges, but they can be looked at as opportunities for firms and for leaders to, to make improvements. And, and, and as you say, one of, the, one of those which is at the forefront is the value of, of advice and um, making sure people are buying the right product and covered in the right way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. So um, in terms of your presidency, which has begun this January, I mean, what are your plans as we begin 2023? How will you be engaging with members and, and local institutes? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I was there was a, my launch article in 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 the journal. I think in there it said, you know, a, a year is not a long time um, in in terms of uh, the CII presidency. So, I, you know, in many ways, I already wish that it was longer. And you know, this, when you think about what can you achieve in a year, you're just playing your part in uh, in an ongoing uh, machine and an ongoing business. So, you know, what will I plan to do? Obviously, I look forward to visiting the the local institute. So I, I share that uh, pleasure with with Alan Valance, the CEO, and with Helen Phillips, our our chair. Um, so we will we would the, the various institute events that happen across the year. We we try, try to commit to at least one of us being at each of those events um, to to meet the the local members, the institutes, to thank people, and and also to hear what the what the issues are and where we can where we can improve. Um, so there's local institutes. I think there are a number of conferences coming up. So I look forward to flying the CII flag and the professional flag at those at those conferences. And you know, going back to this theme of resilience and professionalism, actually to to really focus on what we need to do as an industry to play my part in in, in pitching what we need to do and to, to become better better professionals in a better industry and to really close that uh, that protection gap. Excellent. Um, and uh, I mean, as you mentioned, there is a lot to be positive about. There's a lot for the insurance um, profession to to kind of get to grips with this year. But what, what are your hopes for the future of the profession? And, and how do you hope to kind of look back on your presidency in, in a year's time? Well, you know, uh, it's, it's still very new, right? So um, I have to say it's a, it's an amazing honor to be the to be nominated and now to become the president of the, of the CII. You know, when I look um, over the the years and the, and the decades past, the names that are on there um, and the the, the the amazing people that that have done this role from from around the industry, you know, it's it's very humbling for me to be uh, to be joining to be joining that list. So it's it also brings a little bit of pressure as well because you look at those you look at those those names who are who are legendary in the industry. But look. I mean, you know, that we come out of the pandemic and the, the, pan, the pandemic was a tough time for, for all of us, whether it's individually, whether it's families uh, within our organizations. And that, that has, same has to be said for the CII. You know, in over that over that pandemic period, the number of people taking exams reduced because that was very hard to offer. And, you know, as a consequence of that, the, the, the members started to, to drop a little bit and, and therefore revenue falls. And, you know, the CII is an organization that is, is funded by the revenue of people, uh, by the members and by people taking exams. So I think, you know, now that we're out of that, that pandemic uh, period, 
you know my my mission and i think the mission of the of the board and the executive is is to reverse that trend right so 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 we get membership growing again we get people back um seeing the value of the cii membership and seeing the value of continuous learning and taking the exams um so so i think you know that's that would be a great thing if we can if we can achieve that uh, but equally um you know i'm i'm if if i look back i i in a year's time, I, I think the fact that I'm going to be able to travel to the local institutes, wherever they may be, uh, across the UK and, and and to some of the overseas ones, we're a people business, right? And we're a relationship business. And to have the opportunity to meet people that I wouldn't have met otherwise and to build those relationships, I think that's a, that's a fantastic uh, opportunity. Absolutely. And and Russell, we can't let you go without a word on the current situation concerning the CII and the Personal Finance Society. Can you give us your thoughts on the recent CII board action and your hopes for how the, the CII and the PFS will work together in the future? Yeah, I thought you might ask me this. Um, yeah, look... <sighs> I, I think you know I, I'd echo what's what's been said publicly. You know, it's the 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 decision to, to take these steps wasn't an outcome that anyone on the CII group board welcomed, wanted, or or pursued. But the CII board, and you know, just to be clear, I am on that CII board. Um, it got to a point where there was there was no choice because we as a as a um, a royal chartered body, we have to hold ourselves to the to the highest standards of governance. And when you see governance isn't working, you have to address that because otherwise it's it's becomes an impact on on the group board and on the individuals on that on that board. So I think the the new directors that have have, have been brought in, you know, um I, I don't know them personally, but when I've when I've uh, looked at their their resumes, their their experiences is and professionalism is very, very strong. Um and then their mandate is to focus yeah, I mean, this is people sometimes don't understand really what governance is about. But actually, the the focus of of, of directors is is to protect and serve the interests of the PFS in this case and the, and the members. So you know, the CI Group Board, and, and I can say this because I sit on that board, it remains deeply committed to its to its PFS members. And you know, and I, I would personally think of us as all part of the insurance community and and profession. You know, and just going back to the sort of you know opportunity these. We, we have so many opportunities and so many needs to fill amongst our customers and potential customers. You know, my my wish and this would be for, for early in my presidency, was that we resolve this matter quickly and uh, we focus on our customers, we focus on growing the insurance market and building that positive image of the insurance professional because I think that's what we're all about. So let's, let's get this other stuff out of the way and then get on with the thing that we're meant to be working on. That's great to hear, Russell. All that remains for me is to thank you for speaking to us today on CII Radio. It's been a real pleasure and we wish you all the best for your CII presidency. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Maybe you invite me back at the end of the year. We can reflect on what we have achieved or uh, what we might need to do for the future. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll go through what we've achieved. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how we've done. That's great. Thanks so much, Russell. Yeah, thanks very much. All the best. And thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to find out more, you can visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at CII Group. So until next time, thank you for tuning in to CII Radio and goodbye.